0: boom hello and welcome to the executive protection lifestyle podcast season four with your host byron rogers this podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner the private security professional in this podcast we're going to talk about the mental emotional psychological physiological fitness that goes into being in a Efficient and effective executive protection agent whether you're in law enforcement whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is is a lifestyle and those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time you already know what i'm saying is true so if that sounds interesting to you enjoy the show out boom what's up you guys byron rogers here with another awesome podcast we're about to dig into some things as far as a pretty awesome guy that i actually got to run into this last shot show that's why i love going to shot show man you You never know who you're gonna meet. You never know what kind of relationships you're gonna make. If you're in the tactical industry, you gotta go, you gotta go make it happen. Um, So today my honored guest is Aaron Suzo of CAA USA. How you doing, brother? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, I'm doing good here. Yeah, man, nah, it's an honor. It's an honor, man. When we met at, I think it was the Circle Bar, we just clicked, man, it was like, yo, Let's do some cool things, man. Let's do some cool things. It's like real, recognized, real. You know, you see a protector out there, and it's like, yo,
1: what's up? Yeah, it was all organ- one of those organic feels, man. We just rolled into each other, and the conversation just rolled. Man.
0: Yeah, man. And I only—that's how I, I only roll with the organic stuff, man. Because I'm—I'm a—I'm a really feeling orientate-oriented kind of human. Yeah, you know I mean, so and I, I do trust my instincts. That's kind of how I roll. So, heck yeah, no, that's what's up. So, um. You know, just so everyone knows, kind of your background and why they, you know, why are they listening to you. Uh, why don't you just dig in a little bit into, you know, uh, who you are, where you come from, uh, and we'll get into the tactical background and all that fun stuff, brother.
1: All right, all right. So I'm uh, originally I was born in New York, uh, then I moved to the islands where my parents are from, where my mother's from, uh, St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. Was out there for a couple of years. Then I moved to Staten Island and then resided in Jersey, where I grew up, did all the high school, middle school, college, did some college football, did wrestling. I mean, it's big sports background, track and field. Went from there, played some arena football down to Florida, where I currently reside, um, which was a great experience altogether. And then from there, I mean, I took that and moved across the country. Don't know how I got to California, but I <laughs> somehow got there and uh, got into the law enforcement industry. And uh, did a couple years out in Hayward, California, which is uh, in the Bay Area, um, right just south of Oakland. So a lot of people really know where we're at out there. Yeah, man. Um, very, very jumpy area, but good people. Um, and then from there, I retired last year, young retiree, was fortunate to get out, no bullet holes, and uh, stayed in retirement for about six months and then realized I couldn't do any more golfing or fishing. <laughs> so I'm not made, I'm not made, I'm not made for golfing and fishing, man. Yeah. <laughs> you Gotta get after it, man. Exactly. Exactly. And then, um, I had opportunity, um, uh, ran into a couple good people here at CAA, um, with the regional sales, uh, team out here. And I mean, it's, it's a great thing we have here with the product, with the micro conversion kits that we sell. Um, and then just the world that we're in, the world that I come from, um, and then obviously you're into, I mean, this just made sense. To convert my past to make this my present and to just integrate everything together um it's a product that i wish i knew when i was working at the time when uh when i was on a swat team doing stuff with the gang unit and even in patrol man i mean this product is just great and i know we'll get into that at some point yeah um, man. You know that
0: nah, that's what's up i i uh i completely agree with you the micro conversion kits you guys are running are straight up force multipliers I just ran my I ran mine for the first time at a competition, um, you know, so like whenever I get a new piece of some kind of gear for me, like the litmus test is running it on a comp in a competition, man. It was just so intuitive, man. having that whole frame, having all that support that you can give to what was just a handgun you probably have in your safe collecting dust, you know. Um, it made a lot of sense, you know, and uh we all yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I do when I when I when I'm not even just selling, just speaking on the product. Yeah, is with firearms, and I mean, I'm not a firearm connoisseur, but I can tell you this when you're shooting a firearm, the thing that sucks for us is we only have two points of contact. That's the stables you're gonna get. I don't care if you're an amateur, I don't care if you're professional at like this thing. Yeah. It's two points of contact. it's stability you're gonna get—that's it. It automatically goes and gives you four points of contact. Your stability is that much better, even in CQB or if you gotta take that long shot for whatever reason that you've got to do that. You gotta take that long shot. You, you can take a comfortable hundred-yard shot with this thing. You know, yeah. you have the right red dot set up and everything zeroed in the way. You know your offsets and all of the above. I mean, you're, you're solid and good to go. My reasoning behind it when I wish that I had this when I was working. Is I love my rifles, love my SBR. I I'll never give it up. I don't care what anybody says about it. But yeah. the thing that sucks is that these two, two, three rounds, five, five, six rounds, man, they're over penetrators. Yep. It is what it is. You I mean they're die. great rounds, but they over-penetrate. And when we're working in the industry where everything we do is close quarter, we're clearing hallways, we're clearing rooms, and then God forbid you get into that firefighting hallway. Even yep. when you hit your target, it's going through your target, it's hitting the wall, and anything behind that wall is hitting. So we take something that you already know your platform with your firearm which is going to be whatever you're running your Glock your SIG your CZ so on and so forth mm-hmm. you have your secondary on your side yeah. and then you just take this and malfunctions work in the same way anything yeah. that you need to do reload wise the same way and now you have the same magazines you run. so if you, let's say you're running low on your ammo that you have on your MCK guess what you do reach down wherever your secondary magazines are for you, and we are back up and we're moving you yeah. know um so that's, that's the big thing I see with this product. And then a lot of UC work for executive protection, so on and so forth. I can run this thing. I mean, it's this, this compact, this bear I can run it, sit between my legs and we're handling business. And it's a discrete situation scenario. If you got to get up and handle business in a car, you can handle from here. A lot of problems we have with our sidearms is that with um, uh, striker fired pistols and anything semi-automatic, if you can engage anything from here, that slide's hitting you in the chest. Right and guess what happens now? Now you had a battery. First shot, you had a battery. We got to start doing malfunctions, drills, drills, and fix things. Yeah. With that, everything's encased in one product, and I could fire that from my hip. I could fire it from underneath my shirt. I could basically yeah. use. You just turned it into a revolver. Capabilities. Yeah. We're working with a semi-auto. You know. Right. So I mean, it just like you said, it's a false multi-force multiplier. Totally. And right. it just makes sense. Yeah. You know?
0: No, it makes perfect sense like revolver slash subgun all in the same kind of thing. I mean I don't, exactly. it's, not, it's not a subgun. It's not though. It's not because we don't say that. Everybody don't say it. that. But yeah. it's kind yeah. of not close, you know, like yeah. but but yeah in man, the like, retail world, yes. Yeah, I know right. Like I I definitely was really really excited to run that thing. You know, we it um and and then I had a stage where I had to carry an ammo can uh, with one hand which for us in 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 a, well just in protection period you might have to do something with your other hand I might be protecting people get them behind me managing kids and I was easily able to drop that bad boy on my shoulder and just stay up and hit all the targets and keep moving I was like man they shouldn't have gave me this and then if I'm running a, like a Glock platform and then my secondary is my Glock I got the interchangeable mags. I was like, this exactly. this, this is just too good to be true. So, nah, man, I'm stoked about that. I'm stoked uh, to be working with you guys and to be running this thing. Um, and I think it's also a huge force multiplier for residential teams in the EP side of things. We're going to be dealing with, if we do have to go in and extract a principal during um, a hostile encounter on property, this is, you want to be running a pistol caliber carving. That is turning out to be really, really the smartest weapon to use. So this is one way to take weapons that we have, you know, we have access to that we have just laying around our house. And then you're going to give your wife something for home defense, you know, like exactly. you know, she might know how to use a handgun. She might really, but everyone's better on a rifle. It's just less finicky, man. So give her Yep. That's gonna really let her get to work and then let her throw in that oh, you know that 30 round 50 round you know everybody it, everybody gets a bullet ra- a magazine go go and, play go shop
1: you know so anyway
0: yeah man that's good stuff um i'm, I'm excited about it. if you guys haven't checked those things out the mck go check them out they are the future Going back into your background, you're kind of like, you're like me, bro. You're like, got the Caribbean American thing going on, you know? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, little, sir. Little, little, yep. little. I dig it, yeah. man. So you're half and half like I am. Um, and then for those of you who don't know, who ain't been to the East Coast, you know, uh, to play sports on the East Coast is like a, a different thing. Like, like on the West Coast, I'm a pretty good-sized dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good-sized Black dude. On the East Coast? Like if we had a scale of one to ten on the West Coast, I'm like a a seven to eight. On the East Coast, I'm like a five and a half. (laughs) These dudes over here that pure slave blood still, man. These superhuman black dudes right around. (laughs) Super breed black dudes, man. So congratulations on that, man. You're a big dude. Formidable dude, man, for sure. What did you notice? What did you notice growing up? In between those two cultures, like I definitely noticed the difference between the African American culture and then the Caribbean culture, you know, being a black man on both sides, but were there any like major differences that you noticed
1: as you, you know, started operating? Um, honestly, people... They they look into things differently. So I'll give you even more about it. You know what I'm saying? that one right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it, is, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wrench into the whole the whole topic here. So yeah, my last my last name's Italian. So I oh. grew up in a a big Italian family. Where'd that come from? God, came exactly. Out. <laughs> so see, I, I threw a whole wrench in the whole thing. So I've got yeah. I've got to mix my my cultural experience and ethnicity. I mix a lot of it up. Yeah, that's so cool. my uh my stepfather stepped into the picture very early with me. All right. And he adopted me, bought me in and he was my father throughout throughout my living. You know? Yeah. So I got to see the interracial marriage. I got to see all that and that play out. Um, so I got to see it in every aspect. Yes. So the way it plays out and going back to your question. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't have too much of an issue. Where I grew up in Jersey. It was a melting pot. I went to mm-hmm. high school in a melting pot. I went to middle school in a melting pot. I mean, you had Puerto Ricans, Asians, white, black. I mean, Indian. You could think of it we had it mixed in our high school, you know, mm-hmm. and again, everybody had their cliques as usual. There was always the cliques and everything, but with sports and being in what I did, my world, we're mixed. Yeah. Become, that's why I love the team atmosphere of what we do in police work and SWAT work and executive protection, so on and so forth. That's why I love it so much because of that. I thrive on a team atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was mixed into. So I didn't have too much issues with, mm-hmm. with race and things like that. Yeah. Um, was there racism? Yeah, there's racism everywhere. It'll never disappear. It's right. it is what it is. You know, there's ignorant people wherever you go. It'll happen. Yeah. Like, but I didn't have, yeah. So I didn't have that issue so much, especially having the knowledge of West Indian background, being African American, and then also having the background in the Italian yeah. family where I grew up. Also, I yeah. it, it, it hurts people because I could mix it up. I could yeah, you, sit down. With, Walker. With the, yeah, yeah Walker. I could, <laughs> on the same the way. The Pisans in Brooklyn, I can sit down with them, and I can go sit down, and I can sit barefoot on the beach somewhere, too. You know, yeah. I can mix and match, and I'm like a chameleon when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, man. So, so. That's, that's an asset to me, mm-hmm. especially when you go out into the streets, when you go yeah. out into other places, because now I can relate with other mm-hmm. things. So when people start speaking on something, I could say, no, I fully understand. But I tell you, tell you that I don't understand? No, I understand. where yeah, Let man. me tell you, yeah, you know. So it was, it was good, man. With my life, I mean, it was good bringing that up it threw a lot of people off because you see an Italian last name on a football jersey, they take your helmet off, they're like, wait a minute, what, you Sicilian, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, it, was, it was good, it was good, good, no, that, that's what's up, no, same
0: here, man, I, and that was basically my experience, man, like, the problems are what you make them, you know, right. um, my Bahamian family was like, you're going to have to like, they were like, like the work ethic of the immigrant man. Like I had to, I just really respected it, man. Cause they were just like, yo you're going to have to be twice. You're going to have to work twice as hard to get half as much respect. We don't, you know, I would go to America and I'd come back talking like kind of hood and my pops would tighten me up. And he'd be like, we do not speak like that, son. He'd be like, where you learn this? Yeah, you know I mean, and he would tighten me up. And he'd be like, that's what African-Americans do. We don't do that stuff here. He'd be like, pull your pants up, son. And I just <laughs> you know, my big sister completely, you know, rebelled against it, you know, and, and lived a really tough life because she did. Fortunately, I, was, I, I, I listened and I heeded that. And I think it really, really, really helped me live a, a better life. And I learned. They're like, no matter what your skin color is, man, your competence, your gift will make room for you. You can earn people's respect. There's ignorant people everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, people voted for Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I said, don't don't lead the podcast. You no, can't. No. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. Yeah, all <laughs> right, so right. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's people everywhere in every group. You know, it's human nature, right? um But, um, you know, I I did learn that above all, man, like being able to see things from other people's shoes, not making things a big problem. If I ran into someone racist, it was like, yo, that's your problem, man. I know I'm competent. I know I'm good. I know I'm putting out, you know, um, and I'll try to do better. I don't know what to tell you. And I'd give people positive experiences with me. So it wasn't a factor with me either. And then I started to find out, you know, especially as culture changed, the more competent I became and respectful. And solid for people, they would almost open doors for me because I was black. <laughs> like, they'd be like, yo, we need a black dude in here. Yo, you got a solid black dude? And it'd be like, yo, Byron, you know? And then I started yeah, kind of just moving up the ranks, you know, right, just man. just because I was focused on the right thing, you know? Then right, perception
1: man. becomes reality. No, true, true. I think you said it right, too. The way you were raised, it was yep. in West Indian families and having a West Indian mother, it's, it's militaristic, man. Yo, it's it's she was militaristic. It's very disciplinarian. And I, I mean, she had five of us too. I mean, it was five boys in the family. Yeah, there's, there's there's a bunch of us running around. So, I mean, she was militaristic. She kept it straightforward. It was you're doing this. This is how it's happened. If you don't, there's consequences. To it, you get you know? tightened up. You you, know what I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's not going to be one of those simple hand yeah, situations. Ain't going to timeout either? <laughs> oh yeah, no timeout was not an option. You you pray for timeout majority of the time. <laughs> I hope timeout. That's so true, man. I mean,
0: timeout in school, just like just just don't tell my mom.
1: Just yeah, don't. Just keep, my- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Throw me in jail. Throw me somewhere. Just don't bring me home. <laughs>
0: just don't take it home, man.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. But here we are, man. You know, at the
0: at, at good places in society. You know, so they right. I, I really commend our parents for, and stealing those things. You know, and protecting us from some of the things that culture, I think, tries to put in in, in black people's minds to hold them back. You know, right, so, right, oh, man. That's good stuff, brother. So I always like to ask this question at the beginning of the episode, just to understand the human behind the work. And we actually, we got into your background, we got into your upbringing and then tactical background. What'd you do as a law enforcement officer?
1: So I got on when I was on, it's a two year um, probation period. So I was on patrol for two years. Um, But then I got on with the SWAT team, um, did a lot of work with the gang unit, vice unit, sex crimes. I did some work with them also. Uh, My biggest thing is when I got out there, I knew what I wanted to get into. I knew where I needed to be. I knew SWAT. It was happening. There was no ifs ands, maybe's about. And, and I was getting on a SWAT. Team. Where you wanted to be? I, I knew where I wanted to be, and I worked with it. even before that, before I was on a SWAT team, I used to ask. I go to the commander and be like, "What do I got to do? When are you guys training? I don't care. I'm getting off at six AM. You training at seven? I'll go sleep in the canines bed for an hour, and I'll see you guys up there. And yeah, I'm not getting paid, but let me sit around and watch and see what you guys do. Let me see how you move. And I did that for a year and a half. What what can I do to get involved? What can I do to help? What can I do? Like any time they had an operation, shit, what what do you need? Tell me where, where I have to go. You know, gang, the same thing with the gang guys. I'd follow them everywhere. Anywhere they went, I'd make sure I was involved with it. I'd just listen to their radios and be like, okay, they're setting up here. They've got something there. Just, you you just learn. You sit there and the way you learn is you got to get involved. A lot of people like to sit back and have people tell them what to do. No, get up there and you have to be proactive about it. You know, mm-hmm. some people are reactive. You got to be proactive about the scenario. So, That's awesome. Um Yeah, I was in patrol and and I built a name without and I'm a very humble individual when it comes to this stuff. But I built a name for myself very quickly when I got out there because I was the guy that if something's going on, there's a pretty good chance either I'm involved in it or I'm on my way over there to get on. Um, So, yeah, that was my big thing when I got in um, was I was in patrol for the first two years. And then after that, I mean, I just put my hand in everything I could get my hand into the time allowed. Um and yeah but I loved it I love it all that
0: that's what's up man what would you say about the like when I hear that I hear a cheat code man like you know success leaves clues unless you're clueless you know so like to me yeah. I'm just kind of like okay guys like you guys want to get on these special teams you guys want to get into an EP unit I heard another guy guest on the show uh, Dustin um, the other day and he was like yo I was doing an interview with a guy and the dude was like um, he was like yo you know I'm kind of new to the industry. Um, I think it was a cop transitioning and he was like, would you mind if I just like maybe came out on a detail and just like kind of did a left seat, right seat with you guys. You don't have to pay me. Just let me come and be involved. And the reality, in my opinion, that shows a character that's like an employer or a team leader in any different sect is going to be like, that's the guy because it's more than just a job like you wanted to get on swap because like that was that was something you wanted to do for you it sounds like like that was a life like you wanted to get in the gangs because it was like yo i want to do this like the money is like up up like we need the money the money's a perk it does matter it is important however the guys that kill it in whatever game they're in it's more than just a job you know and that's what i see there is the cheat code to get in just start putting sweat equity in and your gift will make room for you, man. You will become, the world will compensate you in direct proportion of your contribution. Start contributing as quick as you can, you know?
1: Amen. It's
0: gotta be more than just a job, man. 10%. hundred
1: percent, man. No, it's, I totally agree with you. Just be willing to put the time in, show people that you have the accountability for yourself and that you're willing to sacrifice, you know? That's what team, that's what they want to see as a team. What are you going to give to us, you know? Are you going to be that selfish guy that's like, all right, nine to five, five o'clock, I'm out of here. Don't you know no, yeah, I'm dude. cool I mean, now. I'm with the unit. I'm yeah, cool. I'm good. Yeah, I'm cool. I got a patch, this, that, and other. No. And then yeah. when you get on, it's not over when you get on. You just gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to do this stupid shit. You know, you might yeah. be older than half these guys, but you have to understand, you gotta understand the hierarchy of this thing. Yep, you know, are you willing to deal with it? You know, and then you gotta drive the TRV. I don't want, I want to be an the entry team. Well, too bad. You know what? Yeah. They told you, you are, you're driving. Cool, I'm driving with the keys. You know, don't <laughs> yeah. get in there? Get in there, and then when your time is to, to shine, man, it's just you're already there. You know, it's not a question, you've already done so much already that when it is your time, you're ready to step in and be like, boom, I got everything handled, right? I know how to do this, I know how this operates, I know how to make this happen. Somebody went down, guess what? I know this position already, because I've been sitting here watching this for two years and I'm already ready to go, you know? And that's what people don't take consideration when they go for a lot of these positions. It's like, man, don't start now. You should have been starting this shit three years ago, you know, two years ago, a year ago, you know. Um yeah. But it's like anything else we do, what do we do? We do a briefing, we have our debriefings, but before that, we have the intel pickup. up. We gotta sit there and build up your case before you get out there. Why mm-hmm. not do the same thing in life when you're pushing for something? You're studying, you're getting ready to go, then the test comes. You know, yeah. you don't study during the test.
0: <laughs> no, 100%. You know. and, and you know, like, I think the reality is you need time to become the person. You know, people want these titles and all this stuff and they want to be cool with the cool dudes, but you need time to become the person, the person that can be depended on. Otherwise you'll get crushed under the burden of the blessing. You know, you want to be on the movement team. You want to be on the movement team. You want to be on the movement team. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But are you mastering the residential team? And are you taking notes? Are you studying the movement team? You know, you might think you know what you have, but why, why is that team leader not putting you there? Cause he's still watching you and he knows you don't yet, you know, so you gotta become become it's not about what you're doing it's about who you become you know and what, who you become is about what you're doing you know so I, I dig it man I love that stuff what would you say
1: um who are you at your core man on the deepest level, <clears throat> man. behind the work I'm a humble person man I'm an easy-going person I'm I'm more of a family type guy I like to sit back relax and you know I might be another person when the switch goes on but you know yeah. when it comes to me this is mild-tempered individual you know yeah. I don't I don't like like being behind the scenes. I like people not knowing. My biggest thing was I like people not knowing who I was. It was hard to stay that way because once you start putting yourself in front of things all the time, eventually you're facing a pop-up. But I'm the guy that I like to sit behind the scenes and move. Mm Because for me personally, it's easy to move behind the scenes. People don't sit there. (laughs) You move out, get your job done, and I'm gone. Before you can even thank me, I'm out of here, you know? Nice. that's that's the type of individual I am I don't need the, the lights on me like honestly this is my first podcast man this is my first time doing something Coming like out. That's exactly. that exactly exactly for me it was like no social media I mean I don't want to be don't i private page if I am on there and yeah, if I don't like it. You, you're not. You're not going to see who I am. You know, take a look at my books. its <laughs> like third grade down Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. Man. I don't trust. I don't trust you. I don't like it, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, what's, uh, that's that East Coast
0: man. Y'all East Coast cats be like like crazy.
1: What would you? Straightforward. Go ahead. Straightforward people, man. East Coast is New York and Jersey people. Straightforward people. If we don't straight like you, it, you'll know. If we like you, you'll know too. <laughs> yeah, so true. Uh, what's your mission now these days? I mean, just learning. Honestly, I'm in my second career now. It's 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 starting all over. It's just learning again. Um, I was blessed to get into an industry where I could utilize my past and just build off it. I mean, I work in a gun world I and mean, you can't get any better than that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get to just networking, a lot of networking now, um, meeting good people, new people, um, people in the executive world. I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah. Um, at this point, that's that's my new mission, just branching out making new connections, um, seeing what the world is holding for me now, you know. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, and it's just cool, like it's just in my opinion, it's really cool to be able to provide something that people can use to keep themselves safer. Like, okay, you got a gun, you got a handgun, you learned how to use it, but like now we can level that up, we can ratchet it up. I can give you a simple piece of equipment that can make that's a force multiplier. You know, like right. You know, because that, that's what I love about you guys is, man, my mission is to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more dangerous, you know?
1: Right, right, right. And you guys are doing No, that. I agree with you, man. It's definitely, and then to add on to that, it's just yeah. teaching, I mean, at this point in life and being a little older, you want to teach people. I mean, you got to hand down an knob somewhere. You can't keep it when you disappear, yeah. you know? So you, I, the same thing like you're doing. You're teaching people how, how to protect themselves and how to become more dangerous individuals when that time comes you know mm. you don't want to wait till that time comes and then try to learn how to be a dangerous individual you know it doesn't <laughs> work like that Closely, like that. that's not going like to work but parachute all you need is a exactly parachute. you need exactly. a gun you need a gun yeah. <laughs> you need a gun you need to know how to use it because yeah. when the happens it doesn't happen like the movies yeah <laughs> that so, does not. So real man but yeah coming out and just teaching people and putting out that knowledge that to your kids and mm. friends family just civilians that want to know certain things like you said yeah and it's taken from there and these products also it helps a lot oh, ck helps
0: a lot it helps with the the like the competence is necessary but you can give this gear to someone who's a little less competent and maybe less physically potent like us and they can still and and that like i see it like i saw conversion kits like this the first time in israel and i saw them everywhere like they got all kinds of different conversion kits all the time, all over the place over there. And I remember being like, yo, what's up with these conversion kits, man? Like, and you would see guards everywhere with like a lock in some type of conversion kit. And I remember being like, man, this is interesting. You know? And I, I never, now that, you know, I'm running my own teams, and I'm thinking about the best weapons to put in their hands and stuff, you know, and sometimes when we go into more dangerous environments, I mean, the fact that I can have a um, CCW weapon, and i can throw it into a conversion kit and i can still conceal it and i can and i so i can have a sidearm on my side and i can have my other one in my conversion kit in a backpack with a plate on it you know and and right. i can have that in the trunk not in it, i mean you know i can have it concealed i can have it on my lap if i want <laughs> you know what i mean so right. right to be able to like we run into a sticky situation or just a riot these days you know um right. to be able to bring that to bear like that you know um, or even just to get a couple kits throw them inside the, the 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 safe on on duty you know that stuff's huge man um no, biggest lesson you learned um oh yo so going from the academy to the streets
1: what was your biggest man. lesson Shit, we gotta go to the academy first man i mean i i came in there and think you billy badass sometimes and what i didn't take into consideration is that jersey's all flat ground california is not flat ground so <laughs> i was able to run and I'm not a small dude. I mean, the I was difference. 200, years, I was like, shit, 250 when I came to the academy. I was like, oh, I'll really? do what I'm doing here. But, brother, them hills, them hills are unforgiving. Yeah. And it's not one of those little elevations. These elevations, man, I'm running with these little RTOs and they're just fucking smoking up these hills. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm, I'm not made. I'm, a, I'm from A to B, man. Football would have been running. Right. <laughs> Maybe a, a quick sprint and we're done, you know, 100 yeah. yards, sprint max. And, dude, those hills weren't forgiven. I mean, you learn, and you obviously, with a certain mindset you had to have, you push through it. But, I mean, I remember the first week to have a little hell week run that we do. Yeah. And it was like eight and a half mile run, I think, man. And I swear to God. There was several times I just wanted to curse it. But I was like, bro, I'm fucking done with this shit. Bro. I am not made, yeah. I am not chasing somebody eight and a half miles. Let's just talk about that. Right. <laughs> but yeah. And then, but it, it, the thing is, it builds up and you'll get to see who really wants to be, there. you know, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Because a lot of people quit after that little run. You're like, all right, man, if you're quitting with this, then there's going to be a life of that situation. to be a whole lot harder than running, yeah. man. Where's your heart if You're quitting at? now exactly where is your heart at at this point in time yeah but yeah the academy academy was fun you got to build a lot there um patrol it was good man it was I came out the box literally firing um so you go on your six months um after the academy on your FTO phase I had some good FTOs actually had some great FTOs um guy by the name of Scott Novice was my primary cool laid-back guy kind of let me do my thing but the biggest thing I feel like in FTO is just the knowledge. The knowledge, give as much knowledge as you can, and then your officer safety. Those are the two big things. Write reports. You could do that later. We can sit down in a safe spot and do that. But your officer safety is huge. Which these days, I mean, we had have to dig into that stuff um, sure. as you see more and more stuff happening and more and more people are taking shots. Um, and then, yeah, just <laughs> learning the the, the routes. That Was one thing I had a hard time with being from Jersey, not knowing anything. Yeah. I mean, I had one FTO that he let me learn the hard way a couple of times that he'd kind of let me drive to these calls and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I am, dude. Because they won't <laughs> let you use you. G- you can't use GPS. So they give you this map. You have this map and you got to sit there and like read a map while you're driving. And you're like, bro, I don't know where I'm at, right? Now. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. And then what my thing was, I was like, you know what? I'll just cheat the system. I'll just stay on the main road. Cause I know this main road goes north and south and I'll steep this and I'll go left to right off of there. He's like, nope, get off this road and start figuring out these back streets. And in your head, you're like, yeah, you make my life hard. But as That's the months go on, it. you start realizing you're never on this main road. You're always chasing somebody down some back road. You don't know if you're north, south, east, or west. And then the biggest thing out there is you got to know your direction. You got to know where you are. Because God forbid you get some shit. You got to tell people where you're at. You don't know where you're at. Nobody could come find you. you go down, you're up, you kind know? of shit out a lot. important
0: piece of information on the battlefield where you're at. Know yep. so your board. location.
1: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that was uh, – that was good getting all that out um at fto and then shit, i was what so two months at fto and then i got my first shooting really um so came out- yeah, i was yeah i came out firing man i think it was what i came out august i don't remember the dates man it was a couple months right after that after fto um i got to my first shooting so mm-hmm. i learned very quickly how to deal with critical incidents and how to deal with all that bs and one thing I'll tell you is that shootings don't happen the way you think. You think that you're going to go into this gun battle and that it's going to be lined up perfect and you know where everybody is. You're it's John right Wick on, you know what I'm it's saying? Yeah. You're John Wick and I'm out, him am up. You know, I had the perfect line of sight. And yeah. There's nobody in the way. There's a perfect backdrop. No, the shit did not happen that way. Yeah, <laughs> You know, <laughs> it was – uh, you should just talk about it, man. It literally happened. I was sitting there. I was um, down in South Hayward um, right off of a spot uh, called Tennyson. And that's where we do our little hunting ground area. If you want to go find something, it's it's there. When you look for your warrants, it's there that's like when you go always that's right. they're gonna pass that route. They're coming okay. that way you know, at some point. So I'm there. Uh what well, we got these little park ranges, puts out a phone call, put out a call. Um, he just got an accident with some RV, it sound like it sounded like just some regular accident. Yeah. And legit, I could see where I'm at, it's about a quarter mile away. I could legit see this happening from where okay. I'm sitting. So they call out. He got an accident, and he got into some altercation with a guy, and he maced the driver. Okay, that's what I got. Got a basically a disturbance and two guys arguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a fender bender. Any, two dudes any, mad exactly. About any civilian would sit there and see that. Any person would hear that and say, like, "All right, whatever. I'm going over there. I'm gonna write an accident report real quick, and I'll be moving along back to what I'm doing." Yeah. So I pull up. I'm the first one pulling up on scene. Um, and my partner, she just clicks on the mic real quick. It's like I'm I'm on my way too. And then all of a sudden she said. Dispatch comes over says we need her. He says he needs us code three. So I'm like, all right, I'm already here. I'm 97. I'm here. I get out the car. There's the RV is kissing the uh, front end of the truck. And across the street, there's a quinceanera going on. Bunch of kids all, all okay. over the place. All right. Oh, Rangers stand, stand in the middle of the road. Now we start seeing when I tell you, get your Spidey senses running. And they tell oh, yeah. you you know that's it's going That's another thing, too. That is real. It is a real thing. So Spidey senses start going off. I park my car and as I'm parking, I'm kind of something tells me angle your car off because we have ballistic doors. And I was like, angle my car off. Something's telling me that I should not, I'm gonna have to get out of here quick in a second. Yeah. So Ranger standing in the middle of the street. He's giving me this dumb look on his face. Like he's not saying anything, he's just standing there in the middle of the street. I'm like, dude, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Uh-huh. So I angle my car off, put my so I can open my door, and God forbid the dude comes out firing. that. at least I can jump behind my door real quick. And I'm asking the ranger, like, where's the guy? Not saying anything. Where's the guy at, man? Like, tell me so I could put out some traffic if he took His off motivation. running so he could get yeah. somebody to go. Not saying anything. All of a sudden the kids across the street, everybody across the street. He's got a gun, he's got a gun, and he's yeah. in there. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? I thought we went from an accident. That dude's got a gun. Now we're going hot. So exactly. So now this all happens within a matter of uh, probably a minute and a half, but it seems like it's a fucking eternity. <laughs> <Yeah, that's it. laughs> this is all the information I'm taking in. Yeah man, and so as they're saying this, all of a sudden I see the RV start moving, like somebody's running inside of it. And I'm like, oh shit, somebody's in the fucking RV. Okay. So I'm like, let me get my car out of the way. So all of a sudden, RV starts up. He sits down in the front seat. As he sits down, starts up the RV, and he starts taking off straight, straight ahead. And um, as so he starts taking off straight away. Oh, he's trying to get away. But the way he's getting away is he's ramming parked cars. So he's, remember, he's kissing this other truck. So he's ramming parked cars. that are parked. And he's just pushing three, four, five cars. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm yeah. like, I first of all, I'm like, I didn't know RVs were this fucking powerful. That's <laughs> yeah, <a second laughs> I all- was thinking, I like, was like, yeah, it's an RV. It's I had it. no idea. Like, pushing <laughs> yeah, so he's pushing these cars. at my first thought as a rookie is like, let me ram my car into it. I'm like, but wait a minute. This dude just pushed seven cars out the way. My car ain't doing shit to this day. I'm driving an Explorer. To this yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me not do that. So at this point, I'm putting out these ramen, blah, He's trying to take off, get away. Um, my other thought is that this dude's going to kill one of these kids over here. Because, again, remind you, there's a fucking quinceanera down the street. And Mexicans in quinceanera is never small parties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> there's people all over the place. So as he's doing this, he's ramming, ramming, ramming. So I decided to move my car. I got in my car, moved my car. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to end up chasing this guy in a second. Yeah. My partner comes up, and I could kind of look behind me because I could see her lights coming up behind me. So I look behind me, and all of a sudden, I hear screeching tires. I'm like, what the hell is that? Dude threw the RV in reverse, and now he's coming 100 miles an hour backwards. Wow. So he's coming this way. She's jumping out of her car. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to run her over and kill it. Okay. Boom. Smashes her car. So I'm wow. like, the last thing I'm thinking is like, dude, I got to get the hell out of this way. And I think that he got, I thought he killed her because all of a sudden she disappeared and I don't know where she went. Okay. So I'm like, this motherfucker just killed my partner. So okay. at this point, I'm getting ready to get my sidearm out. And yeah. I'm like, it's, you're ready, cleared every policy we have at this point. I mean, deadly yeah. force is happening. you weapons free now. Exactly. So I go to do that. But as I'm looking at I'm looking out my window. I'm like, what is that noise again, bro? Screeching tires again. His headlights are coming right at me. He's about to T-bone me. Wow. So when I tell you it was a movie scene in my head and everything slows down right oh, before Dan, it you happens, in the time, yes, I went to straight up movie time and people think that people are nuts when they say this. No. After going through it, I'm telling you, it's a real deal scenario. So real. I'm watching it and I'm sitting there staring out my window. It seemed like a, a year I was staring. I was just looking at you're like, oh, just watching so it in so slow motion. Shit. Dude, so I'm like, like, this is going <laughs> to suck, dude. I'm like, this is going <laughs> to suck yep so he's coming at me and my windows were up and he slams t-bones boom my windows all blew out like a movie the slow motion everything just blew out yeah um it's crazy so how's how
0: that? conscious you are like it's crazy how like like in when i've been in those situations it's crazy like you <laughs> think back at my thoughts like how calm i was like Oh man, this is about to happen. I'm going right. to get I can't get away from this. Yeah, there's no way <laughs> out of like, You're like, you're totally to, in your head. And it's like <clears throat> happening. And you're like,
1: yep. wow. <laughs> you're running through like everything, everything you're told at that point. You run through all the problems. Can I, can I solve this? Can I solve this? Nope, nothing I can do here. I'm going to have to eat this. Well, one, you yeah, know, I'm going to have to eat this one. Exactly. <laughs> this one I'm have to my feet. So at this point, now he rams my car. Boom, windows blow out, everything like that. And um, now my car is sideways and he's pushing me into the curb. So I'm in my car, holding onto the stairwell. I'm like falling out because my driver's side door is open still. So I'm like falling out. I'm like, dude, I got to hold on. I can't even grab my gun. I can't do anything. Now everything's pushed up against me, my car. I can't get my rifle. I can't get my sidearm. And this dude is within two seats away from me. I could end this right now if I had my gun in my hand. But I can't get anything because I'm crushed up against the damn car. I'm trying not to fall out of the car. So, I remember looking at this guy's eyes, and bro, he was tweaking high as a kite because I looked him dead in his eyes. Yeah. And he was just looking at me with that crazy look. And I was crazy dude, like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this bro. Go like this. Pupils going all over the place. I can tell you exactly what each eye was doing at that point in time. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. So, he's eventually committed. he's committed. Oh, he's fully committed at this point in time. So now he's driving and he's driving towards the kids. My car is starting to break off because he's trying to get away now. Yeah. So, he's breaking off my car. My car somehow doesn't flip over, lands. And then he's driving towards the kids. So I'm like, oh, he's going to kill every one of these kids. I'm like yeah. legit, he's going to drive on his front lawn. And he's going to take everybody out.
0: Wow. And that's
1: like one of my key things. I could watch dead bodies. You could, I can handle business with kids, but I can't watch that shit. I can't see yeah. kids die. I hate yeah. that. Um, so at a corner of my eye, I see my partner running down the street. So I'm like, oh shit, okay, she's alive, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm jumping in my car. She gets in front of me. He ends up crashing into a van and gets stuck on the van. So as he's stuck in the van, we're able to get up on the car, get up on the car. She fires one shot into the car. Um, We're giving him commands. I don't know if she hit him at that point or not, but we're giving commands. And now I'm probably, shit, five, 10 feet away from the car. And he's at gunpoint. We're giving commands. He's not moving. He's reaching around the car. Reaching, 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 reaching. Gave him two commands and that was it. I'm like, this is, it has to end now. I I dump my gun into this car. Dump my gun into him and in the car. Right. reload come back up get on him he's down in the car we're putting out trapped i'm like there's no way you survive this i was like nobody survives that type of shooting oh the yes, the freaking dudes yeah. Game, game's not over yet yo this man this is a marathon people- bro like yes, this is, is like a- the chapters on this you know <laughs> oh this yeah. chapters on it like when people think that the, the one gunfire it's gonna be over and they're gonna stop no that's not how life works. does not no. work that way the human body is amazing it It does some crazy shit and on drugs it does even better shit (laughs) yeah so it so the dude goes down he's down I'm like all right there's no way he survived in my head I'm like all right I can take a second to relax and figure out what the hell just happened take a breath no a second later dude sits up and looks at me I'm like no fucking way bro (laughs) I was like no way you survived that and then he's talking, he's speaking in Spanish. I'm like, bro, how the fuck? In my head, I was like, bro, how did you just survive that, bro? Golly. It was the day before Halloween. That's what it was. It was a day before Halloween. So I'm thinking in my head, zombie. I'm like, bro, zombies. This dude's zombie. I'm like, no way. Oh, so at this point, we got him a gun. He's all torn up. There's no way he's reached for anything. I can see clearly his arms are ripped up. His hand is whatever. That's he's not point. that
0: ineffective, at least, maybe.
1: Everything okay. besides his from his neck down, he's hit, besides the okay. headshot. Yeah. So we eventually get up, get him out of the car, strip him out of there, cuff him everything. And at this point, as a cop, you get tapped out. So see, you secure the scene, and then you're gone. You're off the scene, and then you got to go do your whole part that nobody else sees. And this is where you feel like you're a suspect at this point. Because it's literally like, and that's the thing about it. And that's, that's the thing people don't tell you when you get into these shootings. You think, oh, it's just a shooting, and then you're done. No, the, the hard work comes after the shooting. The shooting is the easiest part, to be honest.
0: Scrutiny comes after the shooting.
1: Yes, you get the scrutiny. There's the unknown factors. There's a lot of things that happen. So you have the three battles. You have the <laughs> shooting in the scene. You got the after effect, and then you got the mental portion. You got to battle through all that stuff, which is a whole other conversation that people don't have enough and that you need to have because there's a lot that goes into that. So they pull you off the scene, everything. You get your... One representative, then you get what I call the babysitter. Somebody's got to sit there and watch you. You can't remove anything at this point. You got to know where everything is on your body. You got to know your vest. So I, if you have an out of carry, you got to know where everything is. Your magazines. You got to know about how many bullets you shot. Like, there's a lot of factors. You're still
0: coming down from <laughs> oh, being flooded. Oh, from still, the-
1: you're, you're still up. You're not coming down for a, <laughs> another day. You're still yeah, up. You're, <laughs> you're yeah, still for like up 72 hours. You're still like oh, you are. You are still up. Yep. So yeah, you do all that, they take you in, you get fingerprinted, they have to do that. They collect all, your, everything is collected. They take your gun, they give you another gun, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta know gun? something. What's that? What yeah, it ain't your it's gun. Gone. It's gone now, it's gone. And if it was your gun, it's gone, you're not getting that back. That's another factor that you gotta talk about, which the MCK comes into play, which is great. Um, so yeah, you go through all that and then you get your lawyer and all the above and so on and so forth. And that process takes you, you're there probably for, the, for about three hours um so after that you uh normally don't talk to your lawyer um or talk to or get you do your interviews done until the next day so you get to at least try to go to sleep and if you got to go to get medically cleared like I had to because I was banging around my a car you think you're fine until the next day and then you're like god my neck dude I don't know where that came from yep. um then you got to do that so I'm shit it took me 12 hours I didn't even do my interview before I got home and I was at the hospital for another six so on and so forth so that was the first one Got cleared on that. Um, everything was good. Uh, thank God. No kids died. because That was my biggest thing after that shooting was done. I didn't even, honestly didn't even care about him. I was like, did any kids get hit? And I was like, are there any kids underneath that car? So they are. I'm not walking in front of that car. Right now. I, was like, I can't look at that right now. Yeah. So nobody was good. Everybody was good. Um, you did. I for, yeah, I worked for department also that, I mean, if somebody hears shots fired, I mean, you got the world coming. I'm not concerned about anything. You know the world is coming, you know. So I work in the department where that, that's one good thing where some departments you see and you're like, dude, where the hell's your backup, you know. Where like, you're it? yelling out shots fired. You're telling them, like, I'm, I've got one at gunpoint. It's like, Contact. come on, guys. Like, dude, you need somebody code three? No, he just said shots fired, dude. Go, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's a cool thing there that I had. Whoa. My ears were ringing. I thought I was deaf. But what happened, my earpiece fell out, and I didn't realize it was hanging, so I could hear a dispatcher barely. And I'm like, bro, I'm still so disheveled. I'm starting to figure out where the hell my earpiece is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the first one, man. That was a that was trip. And obviously, there's more to that, yeah. the mental battle and things. But, yeah, that was the first one, dude. So I came back right after that. Uh, I took two weeks off, came back, had to go do my psych thing and everything. And, dude, I'm just getting to a shoot my first day back. What? First day back, swear to God, first day back, same area. What? same street the like, hunting ground down. bro i went back down there and i was doing my gang unit following my gang units around doing yeah. everything like that bro and i'm on the same area and it comes across there was a guy um cut off his anklet just uh, assaulted a bunch of cops in san jose chp cops and they're um tracking an anklet in our area so we're asking like where's it at they are like Tennyson, and where you're at and i'm like you gotta be kidding me bro he's right <laughs> you're like right now today like I'm right like, now. all right oh, i was like here we go i was like let's do it again Yes. So, <clears> they're <throat> the circling around, gang units around the area blacked out, and they're like, you no, we're looking for this type of vehicle, so on and so forth. So, I hear one of my uh, – my at the time, he was one of our sergeants, man, good dude. I'm not going to put his name out there, but a real good guy. Uh, he was in charge of gang units at the time. I uh, have learned a lot. I learned a lot of shit from him, from a whole lot of – my my tactics and coming up with things was from him and a couple of other guys that worked that day. That guy, and, Oh, you got it, and he was the guy too. You knew if he was if he got on the radio was talking for any reason, it was real. He, he was about to do something, and something was about to go down. And he got on the radio that day, and he's like, oh, "Give me the give me a description that car again," which yeah. to me means I'm looking at the car right now. I'm confirming yeah. one more time. So I'm like, immediately, I'm like, "Where are you at?" So he's literally across the street from me. So I'm like, "Boom!" Start heading that way. He's like, All right, we got the car. We're gonna do a VCT on it, so they can do a vehicle takedown on the car. So, with the vehicle takedown, so people listen, don't know that we'll do one in the front, one on the side, whatever side it is that we can block in, and then one in the back so he can't move anywhere. But if you don't simultaneously do that at the same time, or for any reason he starts going the wrong way, he's out. Shit could go, go south. Yeah. So, as we're about to do the VCT on him, I'm holding as a trail car just in case he breaks out. And what happens? As soon as he sees their, uh, their blacked out cars come up, they go through DCT, he rams, starts so ramming uh, my uh, sergeant's car. So he's committed. Rams the car, oh, he's fully committed this time. So sergeant cool. thought we were about to start shooting, but the thing was I couldn't shoot because where I was at, yeah, I true. had my guys in front. I'm not, I'm not taking that shot. Yep. So guy breaks free yeah. hits frigging, uh, was it 90, not 95, what was it down there? Whatever the highway is down there. Um, yeah. Hits the highway and, dude, pursuits on. Yep. Full pursuit. When I tell you it's one of the fastest pursuits I've done. From Hayward to Oakland is probably 20, 25 minutes. We yeah. got to Oakland, I think in about 12 minutes. We were yeah. t- I topped my car at 130 miles an hour and I was doing 130 for good five, six minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good man. five, six minutes. Uh, I didn't know minivans. I think you want to go fast. Oh, dude. You got to go fast and it's like dude. It, was, it was a trip, man. It was definitely a trip. And I didn't think minivans move that fast. This minivan yeah. was cutting up. And I'm talking about 5 p.m in traffic we're doing this okay that was yeah that was that was a sketchy situation but either way everybody was safe and we got through it yeah got into a dude ends up crashing in a field out where we're at ended up in Alameda somewhere um crashed into a field and it was me my partner who was a SWAT operator another guy was a SWAT operator um ended up Getting out holding a Folks are like, bro, there's no way you run like that unless you got a gun in the car and you're gonna shoot it out with us at this point. I'm like, I'm guaranteeing he shoots it out with us. Crashes, he's kind of fishing around and pops his head up. I had a rifle in the car, thank God that day. Pop mm-hmm. the rifle out, and as soon as he sees it, dips his head, takes off into a field. It's legit open baseball field, like with okay. like eight fields and yeah. it's unending. <laughs> oh, the worst place ever. Oh, dude, it sucks for it him sucks. to run. I don't- oh yeah good for so, you guys <laughs> oh yeah I, I wish we had a canine at that point that would have been all day go get a baby yeah <laughs> um put pursuits on and I guess this is my I would have to say the one point when I was working where I I kind of proved to everybody like I'm not full of shit like this is what I do and this is how I handle business yeah so we get into the chase and dude, I put the rockets on I'm, I'm a bigger dude but I can move fast but you, know, you got I, that sports I, background, man. You got that. I got your forty. I got a little, I got a little. I got a little speed, man. I got some mass behind it, and dude, I took off. I'm blowing by my partner, and I remember we talked after. He's like, "Bro, he's like, I was thought I was running. I saw you just blow by. Him. I was like, I had one purpose. <laughs> I was catching this dude. He's not leaving. So I get up, get up on him. He turns around, and at one point, I thought he was turning around with a gun. So I threw the gun up, and then I realized he threw his hands up. He said, like, "Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done." And then we handle business accordingly, and nice. so on and so forth. And at that point, that's when I think I turned around and I was like, "All right, guys, like I can handle business here. Like let's let's get to the next step." Yeah. And fortunately, I had a couple of SWAT guys there, and they called. That was our, our bro moment. Yeah, was like, All right, man. We got one. We got one here. Like you know? this cat's solid. Yeah, he's got it. He's got what it what takes here. Yeah. yeah. So that's that great. was a good one, man. There. Yeah. And then I mean, I had two others, two other yeah. OISs, and. Same thing, man. But with every OIS I could say that I had, mm-hmm. it was a scenario that I had so much more knowledge on each one yeah. that I was able to prep myself. My body even was able to prep itself. With anybody that's been involved in critical incidents, mm-hmm. your body knows what to do before you even know what you know. It'll start shutting things down. Yes, you get calmer. Things start shutting down. Like The first time I lost my hearing, I didn't lose my hearing all the two. And I shot a rifle on my third yeah. one and did not lose an ounce of hearing is wow. legit my body shut my hearing down yep legit took whatever it needed moved this from here heart rate was down like I remember even listening to my radio traffic and it was like Dude, you don't sound like you're doing any right now yep. you and know
0: it's it's, it's beautiful <clears throat> I, I couldn't agree with you more I was doing some training with a protector and um he was getting all kind of like hyped up like he was like yo he was like all right we're about to do force on force and he was like I'm just getting in the zone right now and I'm like yeah. homie homie you need to just calm yourself down. What's going to happen is going to happen, man. We've either lived the lifestyle and done the training to win or not. This is our game plan. Let's walk through it. Because that it's, it's the I believe the stress inoculation training is so good to get you as close as you can get to how, okay. being able to manage those nerves, manage all the shakes, and to be able to just come on the mic and be like, hey, I'm here. I need this. I need that find work, turn a kid up, like do your stuff and stay in that zone, man. And that's, that's really the, the major advantage. I think experienced protectors have, you know um, while it's the advantage and it's the disadvantage because these hood rat cats are out there doing hood rat stuff all day and all night, that's their job, you know, your average protector, like even just a normal person who's trying to protect their family, they're just trying to do their nine to five and live their life. Um, but guys like us that have been in these types of situations, I think it's why we're so valuable because when the heat gets turned up and chaos rears its ugly head, we're the guys that are going to be calm and be able to navigate through that stuff and lead and shine, man. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm proud of you, bro. Yeah, that's huge, man. It's,
1: definitely yeah, like it's, a... so man. It's, it's knowledge and time, like anything else, guys that are out there overseas and stuff. And I mean, the guys that really work operators in certain aspects like that i mean it's 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 crazy how you see he's looking at me like how the hell are these guys so calm they're moving everything is just yep. it's like almost like they're eating it's like, slow eat, motion, like it's slow motion but to them it's just like it's it's a flow you know and another thing to, you know and when especially with you you've been worked with teams and things like that and even when you work with your guys once you start getting to the point where you don't have to talk and i know he moves right, I'm moving left. I'm up, down. It's it's a point where it's it's almost like a dance. What we used to call just it It's a flow. You're reading rooms. I know he knows how to read this room, so I'm I'm trusting in this. You know, There's
0: something so, so sacred about it, man. I love that. Yeah, it, and everyone's just yeah. in the right spot. You know, like you glance inside exactly. your your eye, and it's like he's already there. Boom, and you're like yep. flowing, man. I love that stuff. You were saying how much the human body can take, and I had a situation in iraq where we were rolling um and them spidey senses man it's so real i'm sitting here and i'm in my convoy i think i'm the second vehicle second vehicle third vehicle uh didn't have an upgun, right so we're in a high back and this is like you know this is my first deployment so you know this is before the, while they were still using the highbacks. backs and i'm in a high back with all the boys so we're like up kind of exposed and i see a vehicle um, all the vehicles, we make them pull off the road, right? Pull off the road. We're pulling every, all the vehicles are pulling off the road. And then one vehicle pulls off the road and you just get that feeling like, mm, I don't know it about you, something. homie, like something just ain't. And then at the last minute, and we're trained in on him and we're watching him, watching him, watching him. And at the last minute, he angles his wheels back inboard. The vehicle behind me didn't have an upgun on it. And I'm just like, and I just remember being like, Foster, uh, check this blue opal coming up um, on your left. And sure enough, man, he hits the gas, boom. And he's, and so, you know, we're working with VBIEDs, vehicle-borne IEDs, bombs that people put in cars for those listening who aren't familiar with it. And dude's blasting, like he's flying straight at the vehicle behind me. And I'm like looking at him and I can't quite get the shot because we go, we're he's driving this way and we go up over a hill and disappear, and we can't see him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we go up over this little dip to where I can't see him. We stop, and you just hear, boom! And I see this huge explosion happen right over the, the back of the thing. So I'm thinking like, yo, did my boys, did, did he actually execute, did, he, did my boys get hit? And I haven't heard any gunfire yet. Boom, 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 boom. And I get out of the vehicle and I'm running towards like trying to get back. You know, we're all like, get out of the vehicle. We fan out. We're trying to get back up the side of the road, up this kind of like the trenches and things on the side of the road to where the other vehicle is. And then there's another explosion. Boom. And then there's another explosion. Boom. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like this guy have a whole battery of, you know, like what's going on? Boom, boom. Turns out dude had... I want to say it was like 200 and some odd pounds of explosives in that vehicle. He had like seven propane tanks rigged to explode, but they wired it incorrectly. So they exploded. Um, they all exploded one by one, by one, by one, by one. <laughs> this thing's going ham. Hey, we're running into the explosions, trying to get to, trying to get to where I can get eyes on and actually get some shots off. And as I'm running up, these explosions are still happening. And then um So seven propane tanks blow up in this car with my man, with, 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 you know, with, with my Moose dude, with Moosey, Moosey, my man. And all of a sudden like the dust settles and like the breeze falling all around us. And like, we're looking at the vehicle. Now he pulled up the last he, he the seven ton comes around. So we have a seven ton now with a whole squad of Marines in the back trained in on this vehicle. Uh, we have the up gun turns in, trained in on the vehicle. Um, He didn't make it to the third vehicle before everything blew up. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they shot it or got it to initiate somehow. And he is just in front of all of us. We're in like a half moon shape. And this thing is just blowing up and it finishes blowing up. And we're just like, wow. And then at the end, all of a sudden you hear this like like, wrestling oh, around, shit. and you're like, get the hell out of here. No it's way! <laughs> and this dude, no, bro. <laughs> he can't get out the door, and he crawls out, out oh, pops God. out the car, and he stands up, and he's acting like he's gonna try to do something, like, shoot or whatever, and so you already know, man, we had dude tap dance.
1: <laughs> We had that man
0: tap dancing for a minute on the <laughs> side of the car, but, like, you know, of course, we just lit him up, man, but I was so amazed, you know, and that was right when we got in to Iraq, our very first, you know. And this is war, so you know, we just took them and just strapped them to the front of the Humvee like a deer, and just drove them to the nearest mosque, and was just like, yeah. "Hey, three one is here. You guys play games. You're gonna win prizes. This is how we get down. Yeah. Dropped them off." And uh, yeah. but I was, uh, I've always been amazed at what the human body <laughs> seven propane takes now. If they rigged it properly, it would have decimated the last two vehicles in our convoy. I'd have probably been okay. Cause the way the road was shaped, the blast would have probably went over our head, but the concussion and all these things, you know? Um, but yeah, man, to, to, to corroborate what you're saying, that them Spidey senses are real. That bullet time is very real. I've always been amazed at how calm I am. You know, like I've been in some fights like where I was losing one time and I was getting punched in the face and this dude was on top of me, just feeding me. And I remember just being like, wow. I think I'm losing. <laughs> He's just yeah, sitting there. I'm, and yeah, I'm like, I'm getting yeah. punched in the face
1: right now. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy know? what your body does, man. Yeah. You have a whole conversation about things. You've been having a- exactly, yeah.
0: man. That's wild. This man. shit sucks, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. This sucks, man. You know, fortunately, I had somebody there to push him off me, you know, and then yeah. I didn't go too ham on him after I got up because he, he won fair and square. But, man. At any rate. So, things, man. Gangs, what was it like working in the gang units? I know some guys want to go SWAT. I know some guys want to do the gang stuff or, like, MIT team, task force, uh, you know, fugitive So, yeah. What's that like? Uh,
1: Working with the gang guys is fun, man. Um, Did a lot of UC stuff for them. I did a lot of the takedowns for the majority of the stuff that we did. Um, We did a big operation out there. um, That You get to see a lot of stuff when you're doing um, a lot of uh, phone taps and things like that. That we've done, um, you have to hear a lot of things. Culturally, it's different, because coming from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like on the West Coast, especially with these new age gangsters, man, it's, these young kids, there's no organization. Really? No or, or, organization, I feel, well, at least where I was at, we're doing what I was dealing with. Yeah. There's no hierarchy, so there's no respect yeah. for anybody. Like the OGs, like, a lot of them the are like, they're like, dude, we're done with these fucking kids. no don't like, see anybody, no nothing no respect they, dude there's no respect there's no hierarchy there's no purpose like a lot of the guys we dealt with the russians italians things like that out there even a lot of the black gangs and stuff there's a hierarchy there's a purpose if they're dealing dope they're dealing big weight for money there's a purpose behind it they want to drive around in big cars get big homes and things like that yeah a lot of these kids you did de- the thing is it's like all right they got money they, they're doing things you know they right. can go out eat this nice steak dinners and mortons and pay yeah. for the thing all cash What's you know? the point like, yeah. they just what's the kids? point of doing this if you're not doing it for like a purpose like at least right. i can respect that much that you're doing it's like this. these kids it's like they don't have two nickels to rub together to go fucking go to Burger kick some of these people wow. and you're like what are you doing so it's like, it's like they're culture. killing each other it's it, that's what it's mm-hmm. the culture thing it's like this big social media push and i'm like bro first you guys are fucking it up you know <laughs> yeah you guys but- it fucks up. Like, you're, you're not supposed to be on social media. That's the first fucking thing. Like, right. what this is not about that? likes, man. Yeah, you dumbass. But, um, yeah, that's, I feel like a lot of it was that, man. A lot of these – and the thing is, these guys, they're not like what you used to look for back in the day, man. You're not looking for the tattoos all over the face, the hardcore-looking motherfucker. It's really? a 15-, 16-year-old. I pulled 13-year-olds out of the car about to pull a gun on me, bro. Wow. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> man, these kids are young – Dude, it's it's they're younger and fucking younger and younger. And it's not the ones you think they are, man. It's, these days you got to question everything. I remember we pulled, uh, we had an op we were doing, and um, we hit this car because we knew it had guns in the car. And as soon as I get up the car, look—I mean, luckily I knew already—but it's like this little baby face kid sitting there. You know, yeah. the kid was fourteen, and I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm like, I noticed a gun in the car, so I got to do it accordingly. But you want to kind of instant instantly like like, all right, let's calm down. There's a fucking kid in the car. Yeah. But dude, I, I'm looking at him and he's moving and I'm like, it, I'm opening this door. right? I open the door, he's got a fucking Glock sitting in the door, he's trying to reach for it. And I'm like, bro, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what are you doing? I'm gonna kill you. Like, what do <laughs> you think's <laughs> gonna happen? 18. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the scary thing is, man, there's some killers out there. I've, we've yeah. cleared some scenes and picked up some dead bodies, man. We had a kid fucking spray up a van with a 12 and a 15 year old in it with a fucking AK. Wow. But it's like, dude, yeah. And the kid that's was over-season. 14, I believe he was. Yeah, he was 14 years old and fucking his life's over. But at the same time, it's like, this is what, this is what you're out here killing? What could you have possibly been killing this kid about? There's nothing. Yeah. At 14 years old, you have nothing.
0: Yeah, You don't yeah. know nothing. I you don't know, know, know
1: enough to tell yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of what we dealt with with that. With, with, in the gang, it was a lot of these young kids, man. Um, When you get to the hardcore guys, though, like cartel shit, it's, that's, that's a whole different monster, yeah. man. Those guys i never really dealt with the Middle Eastern and ISIS and stuff like that, but from the stuff that I know and what I've seen and the studying that I've done up on things, it's, I almost rather deal with ISIS. At least they just fucking blow you up and call it a fucking day. These guys, I mean, it's, it's fucked up, man. <laughs> the stuff that they do to you and they'll do your family, dogs, and everything else that you got before they do you just to make sure you suffer first. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty fucked up to see this stuff, man. And you see some of these videos of a lot of these um, – assassinations that they have and bro they they've got the things they got the deep pockets so they'll they'll hire and do whatever they want they got doctors on staff they'll sit there and keep you alive as long as possible have you down to your last rib um down you know, to your last rib and fucking be done with it you know <laughs> just to keep you alive so yeah I've watched some yeah, it's it's pretty bad man so you deal with a lot of that stuff seen a lot of these Sicarios uh, and stuff that come mm-hmm. out here like I've seen some legit hit men come out and you watch them move and you like it's impressive. Like, they come in, they handle business, and they're out. This is, like, this. you did something bad. They sent somebody up there to get you. So, Um. yeah, gang unit stuff was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you're not dealing with patrol BS. You don't have to deal with somebody that's complaining about the kid not listening to them. You know, you're out there, like, I feel like it was, like, you're handling a purpose. We're out there getting guns off the street. We're not getting little dime bags and stuff like that. You're getting some major weight, moving with people um so that was fun it's it's satisfying and you work with good people too i mean interagency um collaborations um were fun to deal with too so and then you mix them up and swap we do our hits and go and get our ops done and so yeah, it was fun man thanks for fun
0: what would you say what about sex crimes man is there anything that civilians can do to avoid like, what what's the, the prey like like is there anything that civilians can do to avoid having that impact their lives like is there a mistake you'd see or like any advice you can give civilians just, just to kind of steer clear? About <laughs> that type of mistake. Stay aware, man. I
1: would say with anything, not even just sex crimes, just stay aware. Yeah. Like we live in a world that we like living. I tell people this, most civilians live in this bubble and they don't mm-hmm. want to get out of that bubble. That bubble is their security. They don't want to see what's outside of it. No matter what the hell's going on, they don't want to see what's outside of it. You yeah. got to pop that bubble sometimes. I'm sorry. You got to pay attention to what's going on around you especially when you have kids involved in the family and stuff. I mean, there's always the, the 1% of the world that's bad, because 99% of the people in this world are good
0: people. Yeah, they're stupid
1: shit, but they're good people. You know, the 1% of the world that deserves everything and anything coming their way to get it handled accordingly. But to watch out for that 1% of the world, you just, you got to be attentive, man. These days, what are we on? Everybody's on their phone, they're doing something, their head's in the clouds, you know? And people that are preying on you, that's easy hits, you know? You know that. The same way, if you're sitting there and you have a target to hit and they're down on the phone, guess what, I can close it up on you and take you out. You don't even know you're dead, you know? (laughs) Half
0: speed, like quarter speed. You don't even know what happened. What's the hardest lesson you
1: learned out there as a protector, man? It's probably letting go and just not taking things personal. Mm. It's it's easy to be tainted with things in life that you see things. Being impartial is hard to be sometimes because especially with kid crimes and things like that, you run across and find that individual and you're like, all right, your, you, did it to, your, you did this to a five-year-old. All right, you've got a 35-year-old in front of you that can handle business accordingly. Let's play a game, you know? Yeah. Let's close the door <laughs> and see who comes out of the room. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want to do. But being impartial and patience, man. You got to be patient with a lot of this stuff, too. Because we're as human beings, we want instant gratification, a lot of this stuff. And working in... As a police officer, especially, you can't, you're not the jury and the executioner or something. And you have to understand that, you know. And that's, it's hard to not to want to deal with certain people accordingly. So I would say that definitely was a big part of it for me, because I'm the type of individual that I want to be like, all right, you're a six year old. We can fix I'll it. I'll take care of it. Fix you. Yeah, I can, <laughs> take it. I'll deal with it. She's fucked up for life or he's fucked up for life, but now let's, let's deal with you now, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was the hard part was just getting away from that. And then it's learning to actually, I'll take that back all together. Learning to speak about shit. That's what it was. Mm. Learning to get out everything that you keep in. Because as human beings as men, what do we do? Yeah. We keep it in. We think we're fucking we're solid true. all the way around 24-7. It's it's not true, man. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm a humble person. I like to keep my business my business. But at the end of the day, when we take in this much trauma, and this is what I was talking about before that people won't talk about enough, you got to get it out, man. You got to talk about it. You got to do it. whatever it is you got to do to get that fucking empty that bag that you got in there out. You got to do it, man. Because mentally, and you see it a lot with the rate of suicide and all that shit, man. You keep it in with strong people, with strong men, women, all of the above, but there's only so much you can keep in, there. The way I'd like to do it, see, talk about it is I forgot who said this, but it's like having a backpack on, man. And every time you take a step, you put a pebble in it. Every time pebbles out that, that piece of trauma that you took in, or critical incident you've seen. Yeah, after five or six of those pebbles, yeah, you carry that bag around all day. But once you get to about a 100 fucking pebbles in that bag, that shit starts getting heavy as hell, you know what I'm saying? If put other no, hundred there, you're, you're going to break your back. Yeah, exactly. eventually that bag is don't get heavy. It might be little pebbles, but that shit it starts adding up. Yes. So I would say the biggest part is taking care of your mental. You know mm-hmm. take care of your mental, make sure you handle business with that. You know that, yeah. was, that, was, that was actually my hardest part, uh, hardest lesson that I've learned is taking it's- care of my mental it's counterintuitive
0: for us because even for me, when I got back from Iraq, both times I had, you know, I dealt with my, like, I'm a really strong minded person. And I dealt with my PTSD, like the first 30 days, I drank a fifth of vodka every single day, every single warm by myself in my freaking little cubby in the Marine Corps. I just, nighttime would come and I just would get angry. Like I just was pissed and I was just like, and I just remember being so pissed. And I remember being like, yo, I need a drink. And I wasn't old enough to drink, to, to buy alcohol yet. I was just old enough to fight in the war. So I had my yeah. homie go and grab me a fifth of Absolute Vodka and I would sit there and just punish myself and just drink it. And then after about 30 days, my my liver started to hurt when we going go and run. <laughs> my kidney and my liver started <laughs> my And unfortunately yeah. I had the wherewithal to stop, you know? And then um, it would take about a year for me to feel normal again, like in civilian life. And then, uh, and then it was time to go back to war, you know, and then because we'd be back for a year and then kick back off. And I did those two deployments. And then um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't realize that I was addicted to to dopamine. Like I was addicted because I'm an intense human already. So I was addicted to like that feeling of going fast, going hard, you know, being in that world where everything is so intense all the time. And I was always, I started chasing that high and I got mixed up into all kinds of things, drugs and like. Just all kinds of things. Now, fortunately, I was extremely high. Uh, I was able I was extremely high operating person so I could while out at nighttime, and then show up in the morning and be effective, but years for me to really step back and be like, yo, what are you actually doing right now, you know, and I had to tell stories, you know, I had to t- process out loud just exactly what you're saying and talk about it and talk about it. And I even started keeping a journal and writing it out because I had to get it out and start normalizing it and processing it. And um, yeah. and then I changed my environment. I moved to Florida, you know, and, and that stuff really helped me navigate that. But I'm fortunate I didn't die in the process or end up in jail doing something stupid. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of protectors need to really listen to that, man, because it's sneaky. <laughs> it's right, no, it is, man.
1: It is. And another factor about that also you know who i was talking about this for a brief moment shot show was tony mcbride we had a conversation mm. about this yeah so she obviously got into her business out there yeah. um with it and it's a conversation that you can't have it with everybody mm. it's not like one of those things even in a relationship yeah talk you to you your talk about exactly because if they don't and the thing is we expect them to understand and that was my problem i expected everybody to understand yeah. so i'll sit there and like i got into one of my shootings and i was dating somebody at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got into a shooting, blah, blah, blah. This happened. It was kind of like you want a certain reaction, you expect it, and you don't get it. And you're like, what the fuck? Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> like, yeah. you, and they're like, do it. you want Cheerios or do you want. Oh, bro. bro. And you're and like, then, to do exactly. <gasps> and then inside, you get infuriated because you're like, bro, are you fucking listening to me? <laughs> I'm trying and to. Do they asked yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, okay, you want me to make dinner? It's like, bro, I don't want to eat right now. (laughs) You know, Like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) God bless the civilians, man. Yeah, and then what you have to understand is that they won't understand. It's not their fault, you know? That's a lot that I had to learn, too. After, like, you sit down, I had to go to see a doctor and see the psychiatrist and everything. And... I'm a prideful person, so you don't <laughs> want to do that because you're like, yeah. fuck you, I hate doctors and so on. So forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't
0: need anything. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: I'm fine. Well, you sit there and just stare at each other for an hour. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm not, th- I'm not saying shit. Who's going to play first? <laughs> oh, hours up. I'm out. You can't help <laughs> me. Time's up. Yeah. Time's <laughs> yeah. up. Got to go, you know. So, um, yeah, that's that's huge to, to do that, man. It's just definitely talk about it and get it out. Like I said, that's why we do D- – Exactly. Do debriefs because of that. Tell your story, man. A lot of people are scared to tell, you, tell your fucking story, man. Tell people. Yeah. There's somebody out there that wants to listen or is sitting at home, too, and waiting for somebody to hear. Like, oh, shit. There's somebody else that's feeling this? There's somebody else that actually went through the it's same cool. shit? Like, I'm not the only one? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, you're not the only person. <laughs> There's right. a lot of people out there like, you know. That's what's great about our world, too, is that we, can, we see that. Yeah. A lot of people see that, and it's relatable, man. We tell stories. We can tell these fucked up stories. Right. That to most people, they're fucked up stories, but to us, it makes sense. It it's makes like, sense. No, was, I saw it, it. you know? <laughs> like you sit there and oh yeah, I had to do that dance. And it's like, to somebody be like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, no, it's legit what was going on, bro. Like, <laughs> that's what was happening. <laughs> right, yeah, man, no, you it's know? true. You
0: know? And even now, sometimes I tell the stories now that I've been, you know, on this side of things for so long, I'm like, man, that really happened. Like now, cause I've had some distance between I'm like, that's crazy, <laughs> you know? That's like, it's exactly crazy. Right. While, while I'm telling it sometimes I'm like, man, that's wild, you know? Yeah. What would you say is your proudest moment in the field, man? Like the moment that you were like, "Wow, you know, this is banging around. We're doing some stuff here that really matters." What
1: was your proudest moment? Man, um, I had a couple of them. I'd have to say, I'd have to give you two because it was two times that things came out that I was like, "All right, this I did weird. it. It happened. Got it cleared." Yeah. Big one was, uh, honestly, like I told you, my, my one point factor that I know about me that gives me the most gratification of kids, man. I love kids. I love just the, the natural, like, clean version of human beings they are because they're not painted in any way at, like, the age of before, like, 10. And then after that, they're freaking... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there was, uh, there was a scenario, man. Me and my partner, so this girl... This lady was shopping for a single mother, was shopping for her kids. Got the kids all new stuff, you know. She was obviously not well off with things. Got mm-hmm. them all new book bags. And you know, as kids, you get all excited about that stuff when you go to school. I got the new book bag and a book, my mom looked it up, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. That's a little asshole broke into the car, took their shit, and then like they had nothing, you know what I'm saying? So it's we were so fortunate, horrible, man. It's, it's like, dude, it's come like, on, come man. On, it's a man. bunch of kids' stuff. You know, I know, all the stuff you took is a bunch of kids' stuff, like, dude, come on. So we were able to. Uh, go in our sergeant gave us the thumbs up go buy them a bunch of stuff just bought them a bunch of stuff legit loaded up everything gave them everything they wanted and then like just dumped it off of their car like well this is here for you and I, again like i told you i'm behind the scenes type of person so i like like dumping and getting the hell out of there like i don't yeah. want to take pictures i don't want to do all that like i want to say thank you get out like go yeah. but i mean get to see him kid came up and you could see that you could see the joy in this kid's face like <laughs> this little girl's face was so fucking happy like inside, yeah. I was like, "Dude, you better not fucking tear up right now in front of you." Yeah, 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 man, man, up, you better not, you better not do it. Right, uh, right just right. the joy, the complete joy. Like it was legit, like sincere joy, not, not any bullshit. Like, oh yeah, thank you, blah blah, because I have to say thank you. Right,
0: you right. Know, like
1: that to me was like instant gratification to me with that. And then um, another one was a little more fucked up scenario. Um, we had uh, another story. This one, I actually thought I was, was I thought I was going to die in this house. That, this yeah. one was, like, legit fucked up. So we got a call, shots fired um, at this house but South Hayward's like, all right, shots fired. You got to give me more than that. Every, the shots fired every 20 seconds. So you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, all right, shots fired again. Then they're, like, confirmed. They got one down in the front lawn. Like, multiple people were calling. They're like, all right, this is legit. Okay. So me and my partner pull up down there at the same time. He pulls up first, and he confirms, like, all right, I got one down in the front lawn. Um, front door is open, um, and he's crawling out. Like, he shot multiple times. Wow. So I pull up right after he pulls the puts out. So what I see is dude on the front lawn crawling, his hands and knees. He's clearly paralyzed. You can see his, body, his back was riddled with bullets. So he's crawling. And as you know, I mean, you want to do first aid on somebody, but you can't. You got to save the scene. So it's like one of those things, like, dude, sorry, but clear him real quick. Make sure you don't have a gun on him, and then you got to go to work. So I come up to the door. I'm holding the door. And as I look in the door, man, I yes, swear to God, it looked like it was one of the worst scenes i ever walked into in my life. It was blood everywhere. Wow. Like blood. If there was a corner of the ceiling wall, handprints, blood all over the wall, blood all over the floor. And this was just the living room. I didn't even get out of the living room yet. This was just wow. me looking through the living room. It was blood everywhere. Wow. So then I'm looking around and I'm looking at people and see where it is. There's a dude laying face first in the kitchen. Okay. And he's down. He's clearly dead. And then there's there's the FN um, the 5.57 rounds all over the place. So okay. I'm like, this is another problem because our vests don't stop these motherfuckers. Yeah. So I'm like, boys, just letting you know, we got rifle rounds all over the place. And if you got tack vests, bring them now. Yeah. Um, because I didn't get a chance to grab my tack vest out the car. Yeah. So, so I'm still naked. Yeah. So
0: you're yeah, feeling naked. I feel naked now. at
1: this point. Exactly. I mean, I had one plate in the front, but I'm like, dude, at this point, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. So I'm holding it at the front door and I'm waiting for another person to come up, and then that point where everybody trains for, and then it's that HRT situation. Everybody thinks it'll never happen. It happens. I hear a scream in the background. So I hear a scream in the back room, and I'm like, you know what? He's probably back there about killing another person now. So I had my partner with me. He was a younger kid, just got on brand new, was still wet behind the ears, and he was more timid mm-hmm. in the situation. So he was almost like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, motherfucker, we're going now. I was like, hold that kitchen. I will clear these rooms myself. So I start going to work. I work through the left, go to the left side of the house. I'm like, bro, don't let anybody shoot me in the fucking back. Yep. Start clearing rooms. And this is the worst fucking scene that you want because it's scary. Solo clearing rooms in a house. Oh dude, it's fucking terrible. But at that point in time, you're you're in the zone, you're in a mode, bro. And it's like find and find, destroy. And if it's you and him, it's me and you right now. If I go down, you're going down with me. So I'm booting doors and I'm just waiting for it. Boom, waiting, boom, waiting, boom, waiting. And I got one more, and I was like, better be back here. Kick the last door, I see a lady. And I almost shot her ass because she starts putting her hand up, but she fucking throws her hands up, and I see clearly she's down. So what had happened was I guess she was hurt, she was screaming for me to come back there and get her. So I grabbed her, and I'm still looking because I'm like, this dude could still be back here, girl, whoever the fuck it is. Grab her, her leg's busted up. I don't know how she busted it up, but blood all over the fucking room back there, too. And I'm like, bro, what is going on here? I'm not seeing any Uh other body. I'm like, something is missing. (laughs) This scene is something. I'm missing something. There's a link (laughs) here. Exactly. But at that point, what, to answer your question satisfaction-wise, being able to go in there and actually rescue somebody like that and to legitimately do it, I mean, she was fighting the fuck out of me. And she's like, oh, my pants are falling. Like, lady, fuck your pants right now, bro. We'll leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, no one cares. I don't care if you're a fuck, drinking. And then I had to drag her out, like, the back of the fucking neck because you don't have any rescue fucking straps on us. <laughs> fucking- Making her goddamn okay, rescue strapped out of a bra on her shirt that I'm just yeah. grabbing and dragging her out. We're going. So I grab her out, yeah, throw her on the front lawn and then she's cursing me the fuck out. And I'm like, all right, you're welcome. But either way. <laughs> well, I got you. Yeah. Get her up. Yeah, I got you. Got you. The rest that, of your that life right you there met. to me. Exactly. To me, that point right there was like, all right, I did what I had to I've been trained up for this moment how many fucking times in my life. And I'm like, I didn't think I'd ever have to use it, but I just used it. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I got somebody out of there and actually saved somebody that had nothing to do with the scenario. Finish the story, we cleared the house, the, in, uh, in the kitchen, I told his face that he's dead clearly. He took a fucking round right to the heart. Okay. Um, went clear the rest of the house, pulled him out. The kitchen was full of bullet holes, bro. I don't know, it legit looked like there was seven people, seven people in there in a gunfight is what it looked like. Take him out, clear the house, we're good. Long story short, what happened was, like I said, I was on the gang, and we knew this house, due to live there. We knew who it was. That's what I was expecting to see, but couldn't find him there. Right he's selling a bunch of dope out of the house uh-huh. he has the house rigged with cameras though so they tried pulling a dope rip on him okay so these two dudes tried breaking in the house and ripping him off going to get yeah. his shit what they didn't know is this motherfucker was sitting there locked loaded ready to go so and that was his mom's house too they was living in so i guess they went one through the back one through the front but this motherfucker was sitting there waiting with a goddamn there fn and went to town wow. went to work and went to work fast First dude that we found in the front lawn was the first dude that came through the front door, went back out the front door. So That's why he was all riddled up, because he shot him in the front, and then we went to run with his ass up in the back. His ass was not walking anymore. Dude came in through the back uh, kitchen door. They got into a shootout in there. I guess when he got lit up, the dude that was in the house got lit up also. So that's all the blood that I was seeing. He got hit in the leg and fucking squirting all over the place. And then he ends up shooting this dude one time in the heart, fucking him and smoking this dude. And another two guys got, got out of there without getting shot. And then all the blood was between the three of them fucking just squirting everywhere. It was a nightmare, bro. Yeah. That was probably, that was a huge proud moment for me. Like internally, I didn't obviously express it to anybody. I was like, bro, I just went in there. We handled business accordingly. Everybody came out, no issues. Cause I was like, dude, this is it. I was like, this is the one. This is where it goes. Happens. This is where my last call is. You know? So getting out of that, that was a proud moment for me. But yeah, between that and that call, like I told you, getting that kid out and, um, Getting all her stuff, man. That that legit moment. There was, that was that was that was. That's my soft side. That's it. That. <laughs> yeah, that's all you get. That's <laughs> all you get, man. That, man. You know, like one. You know,
0: there's just so much to be said for the emotional intelligence and to have what it takes to go into that fray, that chaos, that darkness under fire, where there's blood. There's it. it you're committed. It's confirmed. This is this is that encounter. And close. Everyone thinks CQB so sexy. Yo that stuff is it's so dangerous like everyone gets shot when you're that close like (laughs) like every you go get shot they go get shot everyone's getting shot like it's it is the real deal that is that is the real deal stuff man so you know and i and i know those feelings man when you're going into those rooms and you're by yourself and you're like this is it this i'm gonna hit this door he's going to open up and i have to kill him (laughs) you know and he and he's pretty ready you know so And that's that's awesome. And then to be able to snatch someone from death, that's huge, you know. So so with all that experience, man, what would you say about what you guys are doing at at, at CCAA right now in terms of the, the hardware you guys are supplying,
1: you know? So honestly, I feel like this this product, man, it just makes it it's it's an, another tool, like you said, a false a multi- force multiplier. But at the same time with what we do and we clear rooms with our rifles and all the above, I mean. It's a great sexy tool. SBRs, they look great, so on and so forth, but they suck. The CQV, man. It sucks. That yeah. five, five, six round having that bulky piece in your hand. I mean, it's you can't it's, know where the round's gonna go. Like you just exactly, man. You, you just, can't you can't know it all. And then we've had it, we had it happen, man. It happened in that target over there in the yeah. LA. In LA or somewhere in California? With, with the I mean, yeah, hour. dude hit his yes, you hit his target, but I mean, that round went through a wall, too. Unfortunately, it was a little girl standing on the side of the wall, you know, and we, we're and he unfortunately
0: accountable. He, he shot like two to three. It The cadence sounded like they were well-aimed, well-placed rounds. Yes. It, you
1: know? Yeah. yeah, and it's just, it sucks because now you're you're technically accountable for every bullet you put down range, so it, it's, it's a sucky thing because you're doing something good, but at the same time, you didn't know you just did something bad, and you just hit your target, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So... With uh, MCK, man, it's something that in a CQB situation, especially being kitted up, being bigger guys too, it sucks, man. You know, it's high port and everything you're doing is high port, high port, low port, low port, and you're driving back here and mm-hmm. shooting a rifle up next year. It sucks doing that. And you're not able to get down range from any sort of trigger pull on that. Right. Um, getting, your, getting any sights on. So it, it sucks clearing homes like that, you know. And when you're doing it with one or two people, it makes it that much even worse, you know. Yeah. So with the MCK, it's just something that you're able to utilize it. You can high port or low port it. And even a high port situation, you're still in a position where, let's say we just had our gun. We're able to shoot down here. I could still look down my sights. God forbid I need to take that shot like that. Um, So it's just a lot easier of a move. Um, Again, the biggest thing that we talked about before is that, let's say magazine-wise, you ever get into that firefight, that one time where you're pinned down in that hallway for a little bit of time, you got to wait for help. And it's yeah. just you and a firefight going for a while. Your a lot of times, yeah, you're what? You're going to shoot two mags and we're done? No. We're, we're laced up already. going. Let's say you run out. Your partner's got the same mags. The majority yeah. of the departments, especially once we go to um, <laughs> getting kitted up, we're all holding the same mags. Right. You know? So if you need another mag, everybody's kind of laced up in the same way. Um, and then the rounds, man. A lot of people are using the 9 mil rounds at a caliber at this point. Um, it's just it's your target's getting hit. You're yes. stopping the threat. And you know your balls are staying where they're supposed to be, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's kind and, of like no—it's
0: yeah. like a no-brainer, no man. You know what I mean? Like I've been buying guns and doing things for a long time, so I have a couple that are just sitting in the safe right now. That it's like, well, man, I could put this on a platform that's going to make it a much more formidable weapon in an urban environment. You know, I'm going to have a more stable platform to shoot if I have to shoot out. Uh, and and catch some distance, I'm gonna have a much more stable platform to run CQB with. And but but the thing that I love about it is it's stable, but it's so versatile. So, like, when I'm doing stuff with my other hand, I'm telling you, bro, like I was able to just pop, like, literally hold my pistol right here, and I was solid. Like, it didn't, I'll, I'm gonna put it out on social media, but you guys will see me just flowing through targets. Not even thinking twice about it. Whereas when I ran it with my handgun, I had to like, you know, watch that. I was chasing the busy bee, you know, I was chasing that. Right, 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 a lot more. right. So, you know, I, I, I agree with you, man. The caliber is awesome. Turning a gun that you have sitting in your safe collecting dust right now into something that's a force multiplier, you can train your family on it. And, it, and, and because they don't maybe have the same competence level, because me and you are gunfighters, we've been gunfighting for the last decade like now i can take somebody who's just learning how to how to shoot and give them something that's going to make them way more dangerous that much more quickly
1: exactly give defend exactly. the defender that much more and quickly. on top of that what people go to is what money they want to know how much my $10,000 5000 dollars and the thing is i just gave you cuz what do you want to go mp5 all right we'll spend what $2500 on mp5 by the time we're done but guess just what happens 25. when you shoot but and here's the thing that people don't think about you're going to what you want you're putting this in a situation that you're going to utilize it right it's at some point you're thinking that it's going to get shot you're going to shoot somebody protecting yourself god forbid you get into that scenario that's guess what, what happens when you shoot somebody your gun gets taken away so that $2,500 <laughs> gun is going bye-bye you just threw $2,500 out the bill plus the ammo that was in it that's what people don't think about They're like oh shit yeah I just bought a fucking $10,000 rifle and I smoked somebody but guess what not yours anymore bye-bye $10,000 it's gone so you're taking a sidearm that yeah maybe you spent what three four hundred dollars on it you spend another 250 300 on this that's $600. okay i could live with that you know i could live with it it did its job yeah cool we're good you know and then i could get another one for the same price so on and so forth so at the price point that you're putting it at that's another thing and mm-hmm. it's a it's polymer and aluminum you know right. it's lightweight it's extremely lightweight so it's it's just it makes sense all the way around
0: so check this out check this out let me just see this is my latest setup
1: right here bro let's see what you got
0: 511 lv10 no freaking No molly no nothing it's designed after a camera bag so just looks like a bag like a dude with a bag man sling bag i can throw it on boom sling bag 511 lv10 okay i've got some plates that fit back here that are the perfect shape for this uh, camera bag designed to be kind of inconspicuous, no molly, no patches. You know what I'm saying? So this is for work. This is for EP, right? Boom. Now I can grab my MCK and I've got plates protecting everything here. Boom, and I'm in the fight and I've got a Glock. And I've got a light Woo! and I got the paddles right here for a little bit more support, bop, 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 bop. Um, I got through a right on optic on top of it and I got backup irons like you can't tell me this isn't awesome and this is why I joined forces with these guys for home defense for your guys working um, at the residence. And this is just like, like, he know like, you know, all the technicalities, but just yeah. like this, if I have to do something with one hand, I'm running just like this. And it's right. just, it's, it's, it's way more secure than having to run a pistol like this, but I can still run this fully extended if I need to, you know, I'm rolling. If I'm, if I'm moving through a tight space, I mean, uh, I can do anything I need to do with this thing. So, I've been really impressed, man. And I performed great with it at the competition. And then obviously, you know, the, the round capacity you can work with when it comes to Glock mags and all that stuff. But you guys make um, micro conversion kits for basically every pistol I, I think I've seen on the market almost.
1: Yeah, we're, um, and if we don't have it, we're probably in the process of making it at this point. Um, CZs, uh, all the Glocks for the most part, uh, sig you know, 320 we're working on the x series right now but it's the big thing with sig too it's hard to keep up with this market man every time they put out one model there's another model out you know it's like another one then another one so uh springfield smith and wesson ruger fnn we're going to be working on um we've got a model coming out for we're going to do a De- uh, desert eagle 50 cal which i'm excited to do that Ooh. i want to exactly yeah woo is right can't wait to test that one out yep um trying to think what am i missing here the Polymer 80s, we've got a model for them also. Nice. But yeah, I mean, it, we, we have a, a ton of models um, for these chassis to fit. And then the beautiful thing, like you were saying before, you could literally dress this thing up as you please. You know, it's yep. got a three-quarter um, inch Picatinny rail on the top and then a two on the sides. And you can legit dress this thing up as you please. You want to throw thermals on it, throw thermals. You want to throw IR, throw an IR. You know, you want to throw your magnifier, you can do anything. I mean, it's got the additional mag. Like you showed before, it's got the flashlight, you put a laser on it. I mean, you can legit dress this thing up as you want. And then like you were showing before, you can operate with this folded. You can operate if you need to get out and up, and get on the long distance, you're up there too. Uh, Beautiful thing about this with our gen twos is that you are suppressor friendly. So if you want to run a suppressor on it, you have a threaded barrel in there, take two screws out, pop that uh, barrel shroud out, and run your suppressor, you know, so. It's it just makes sense all the way around home defense, your personal use, recreation, and then if you attack world, it makes sense too. You know, it's yeah. it just uh, it's just something that a lot of people know about it, but not enough people know about it. Exactly. It. So. Yeah,
0: I couldn't agree with you more because we all got those guns that, that that used to be the hotness. Now we went to something else. Right. It's just sitting exactly. there, you know. And it's like, yo, exactly. there's still so much you can do for a yeah. really, really, really um, accessible price point. The barrier to entry is like ultra low. I was so happy when I heard how much y'all would charge for these things. Um, everyone yeah. should have one. I, I, there should be one in every house in America. Every EP team should have a few of them in the locker on residence because uh, this is ideal for doing what we're doing in an urban environment inside buildings, 100%. Yeah. So
1: just, It's easy, man. It's an easy thing. And then ergonomically, too. I mean, just to fit up front. Yeah it's mr hartman the owner of the company he was a israeli special forces uh he's now a retired lieutenant colonel and he molded his hand to this like legitimately ergonomically it just fits you put your finger on that thumb the thumb rest like you did before and i don't have to tell you how to hold it naturally your mind just snaps into it that's the beautiful thing about this you know um so yeah just more points of contact as israelis are known for that's why they have that stance that they yeah. put everything in because the more points are, and at first you look at it you're like what the hell are they doing yeah, you know? yeah but when you understand the dynamics behind it, you're like all right that make that does make sense you know um yeah. so yeah that's that's it man this product is definitely one of those so, and we're definitely glad to have you on man definitely, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a lot of fun here we're gonna do a lot of good business here together um i definitely like I said before i gotta get out there and shoot with you yeah i gotta get, get out there that, man we'll mix it up, we'll mix it up yeah man you. run the gun a little bit would you have carried this on duty, man? Would you like to have had one of these out there in the streets? I wish, especially working, UC work, gang unit stuff, sitting in the cars. Um, even at patrol, man, it just makes sense to do. It's easier to grab than a rifle. And it's something, yeah. like I said, again, I could put in my bag, snap out though. Um, yeah. go. When I'm clearing those, those rooms and I'm in a house or I'm one of those little friggin' dope houses where I'm sitting up there and I got my boy Chris sitting on top of me and I'm just like this, or my brother who actually works out there also. We're sitting up on top of each other and it's like dude he's six three I'm six foot and we're both just hugging up on each other rifles so we don't shoot each other you know yeah and it's an uncomfortable scenario compared to I could collapse this put up my chest I can clear a room like this yeah. you know I don't have to worry about anything working this back here so mm-hmm. yeah, man I wish I wish I did I honestly wish I did and that's the market that we're pushing a lot of the, uh, law enforcement also to get involved in it and get them on 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 the job man. another thing too you go to the city you go to the higher ups I'm not telling you, I need $2,500 a unit, $3,000 a unit. I need whatever my price point is, a couple hundred dollars, and we're good to go. Yep. You know? I can set up a whole team up with this. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense, man. It makes sense. I love it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what's up, man.
0: So, yeah, the partnership makes sense. The gear makes sense. I want to get these in the hands of everybody who's serious about protecting, 100%. So, let's see here. Favorite quote,
1: favorite mantra, saying. It takes a community, man. It yeah, it's community. That's it. It's simple as that. It takes community. Whatever community may be that you're in, it, it takes community. You're never just an individual, you know. Okay. Never just an individual way to, to get this to get through this world. So. I love it. That's it. It takes yeah. community. Contribute to your
0: community if you, you know what I'm saying. Be be that person that makes your community better. A habit that you think protectors should look at that makes them better people or better
1: protectors. Training man, just keep training. Yeah. Train as hard as you can every time, like it's gonna be the last time. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we train and I'm guilty of it all one and the same. You take that one day, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take this the second off of that hour. That's that second you're gonna need. Yeah. And it's gonna pop up and you're gonna be like in that time of need, you're like, God damn it, I should have done it. You know, I should have done this. This is exactly what they were talking about. It's like when your mom or your dad told you back in the day, I told you, you know, I told you what was gonna happen. You know, but yeah, training, man, especially these days with what we're dealing with in the world we're living in right now, I think training is huge. You gotta train, keep training, not just physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is you believe. Get, get out there, man. Get that mind right, but physically, get out there, man. Exercise. Don't wait till the moment and then be like, all right, now I'm gonna put myself in position. Hopefully, I can fuck this dude up. Hopefully, I can survive this fight. You know, no train like somebody's coming to get you because they're coming to get you. You know, you don't know when they're coming, but they're coming. Yeah.
0: And hopefully it never happens but it, yeah, exactly. but it may. So, you know, and, and exactly. I mean, I remember times in the Marine Corps, we did trainings and I was like, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> like, for example, the uh, bounding drills, I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. We're running through the yeah. desert. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. And I remember being so annoyed, like, we're going to go into an urban environment. We're never going to use this. We're all sitting yeah. there talking crap, about our little PFCs. <laughs> like we know what we're talking about. Sure enough, bro, we take fire in the middle of the dang desert. What are we doing? I want PCs We're sitting there. Yeah, we're exactly. It. And you I know. remember I came over the radio like, can you believe we're actually doing this right
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> we're actually doing this? Right after that. No, that's what's up, man. Yeah. I love it. Um, man and officer is probably sitting there like, yeah, told yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yo, know, after the dust settles, man, when it's all said and done, how would you like to be remembered? This is a good man, a hard-working good man. That's it. I don't need to know, you don't need to know my name, honestly. just a hard-working good man, you know And know that I did know that I did something in this life that made somebody better. You know it might not be ten people hundred people, but if you do it for one, that one person will spread it on to five, and it's it's contagious at that point. But you know, yeah. to know that I did something good in this world, that awesome. definitely held a positive impact on somebody's life whatever it
0: that's the good stuff yeah. man what are you up to these days where can people find you you know but man i'm out here in south
1: florida now i'm a retired old man that's where i'm at <laughs> that's not, america man not, i'm still in cali yeah <laughs> that's it get out of cali man get the hell out of here <laughs> it's, a <better> time. <laughs> yeah, good. it's a better place yeah i'm out in south florida now man yeah, when i retired i moved to south florida i'm working with caa now i uh, do a lot of traveling obviously with um with work and everything and getting out and about but yeah, most of the time I'm just hanging out oh. down here with my dogs, with my family, um, at the range, I'm at the gym. That's what I do, man. That is life. Yep. So if you want to get in contact with me, you can reach out to me in my um, email, and everything like that. We'll go with sending emails and everything over. Yeah. So 100%. my email is A. All right, cool. So we'll throw everything in the link and um, we'll put all that in there. If you want to get in contact with me about the MCKs, you just want to talk life, whatever it may be, I'm down to shoot with whoever, you know. I'm, down to network with everybody so anybody has any questions reach out to me but yeah, south florida hanging out that's where i'm at now catching the sun not too much sun but just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> black people man. We, yeah i don't need i don't need we ain't trying to natural. get it all extra dark you know yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, funny I got, I got that natural natural tank. <laughs> yeah man
0: we good we came out good solid brother man that's a great interview thanks so much for sharing your experiences man going into the real world stuff Thanks so much for helping bring this product to protectors. I think there are a lot of guys and girls out there that need this stuff. Um, and hopefully we'll never need this stuff, but should have this stuff in case they need this stuff. So um, it's an honor, man. So if you guys don't got one of these, get one of these, it's a force. Multiple. You will be so happy when you open the package and you see what this thing is, and then you instantly will understand your capabilities with with your firearms once you pick this thing up especially if you're a shooter great thing to train the youngins on all that stuff man and great thing to have you know on your teams. so um i stand by it i've I've ran mine and i was really impressed and there's going to be so much more good stuff coming down range so It's an honor, brother. Thanks so much.
1: I appreciate it again, man. Thank
0: you. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what